0: Get up And you for me, so happy to all right. Yeah You guys ready? Let's do this. I can't Double thing, ready Alright Come on now, one girl! You never know what's gonna happen in church, right? Well, if you turn with me in your Bibles to the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and before we do that, we had a historic night on Friday night as we began our All People's Worship Tour here, and right in my hand, you are looking at the first ever All People's Church worship album. Come on. (laughs) So every, every movement, every move of God has its own sound and it's the story of what God's doing in people's hearts and how he's impacting a generation. And so I want to encourage you, I want to ask you to go get this and the reason why is you'll be sewing in to future albums as we try to hear God and try to lift up his name and, and I also want you praying for us as our band goes on the road tomorrow morning and we're doing a, a, a mini one-week tour through the south, it's some big churches there. And so be praying for us and uh, hope you enjoy this. And on Tuesday, the album drops on iTunes. So if you don't know what these are anymore, these are called CDs. And, uh, but you get your digital copy on iTunes on Tuesday. It's going to be great. So we are in the second part of our series on Boy Meets Girl. And today we're talking about a roadmap for dating a roadmap for dating. And if you're married in the house today, we're going to be diving into marriage in the upcoming weeks. And that's going to be great both for singles to set a foundation for you as well as married couples to fix some problems and to also magnify what God wants to do in your relationship. But here's what I know. Oftentimes people are really intimidated by dating. They feel like it's being lost at sea, desperately holding on to a piece of driftwood, hoping you don't get swallowed by a massive wave. You know, it can just feel so out of kilter. And here's what we know. That's not God's desire for us in the area of building a relationship. And what we've seen as we put the biblical principles into play in our life and methodically have a plan, a progression for this thing called dating, we've seen people be blessed, and it actually draw them closer to God, closer to community, and ultimately closer to each other. So that's what we want to unpack today. We're going to continue on in, this, in the book of Song of Solomon, and here's another thing to note about the book of Song of Solomon. There's two Main interpretations that the church, the body of Christ, has had about this book, one and I, and I believe they 're both accurate, one is the metaphorical interpretation, which when you read it and it talks about the bride it 's talking about the church, the body of Christ and when it 's talking about the groom it 's talking about Jesus. Jesus, you got it. The other interpretation is the literal interpretation that when you read it it 's talking about a man and a woman and chronicling their journey of falling in love and actually becoming betrothed to each other and eventually becoming married. And that is the interpretation that we're reading from it today. And so, Steph, why don't you start us off in Song of Solomon, chapter 2. You guys ready to hear from my beautiful bride?
1: Great. So, Song Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. And here's what I see is that this woman has grown in self-assurance. She has grown in a godly confidence and she sees herself as a rose, and ladies, if you do not see yourself as a rose and you have a very poor self esteem and don 't value yourself, but actually see yourself as not worthy to be valued in that way, then my encouragement to you is that you don 't date yet is that you wait and you let God renew your mind and and you to come to a place where you do value yourself and see yourself as a treasure for someone to take care of and protect. Because you see what happens is if if we are in a place where we're very vulnerable and don't think much of ourselves, then we're gonna say yes to the first guy that comes along and shows us attention. And that guy probably won't be the right guy for you, uh, but you're so starved for attention, so you take it. And maybe that guy doesn't treat you very well, but you don't care because you're so thankful to have the attention and the wrong value that's being placed on you. And so, ladies, I want to encourage you to wait in that journey and let God bring you to a healthy place of self-assurance and a godly confidence. Now, on the other side, it says, I am a rose and a lily. And so she realized that she was one among many. And that brings us to stage one.
0: So we're going to talk about five stages. If you're taking notes, which I always encourage you to do, stage one, of a dating relationship or a roadmap to dating is the group, meeting people in a group. And we see this in this verse, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Sharon was known as a very fertile place geographically. It was a valley. And so what this girl is saying is I'm one lily among many lilies i'm i'm one rose in a very fertile place and you want to position yourself in a place where there are many godly people and that's why we believe the very best place to find someone to date is in the context of the body of christ the church This is where Stephanie and I met. And and let me just explain it this way, that I haven't always been one that understood the best place to find someone is in the context of of community. I I would often just try to single off some woman and get to know her. And, And so even as we talk today about dating, I just want you to know that I haven't always done this right. Let me just give you an example of one of the first girls I dated. It was at a school dance and several schools got together, and I see this girl across the room. And in my mind, I'm hearing, you know, the Cupids singing their songs. Dreamweaver, I'll be, you know, I'll see her across the room. I walk over, I build the courage, and I ask her to dance. And the first song we danced to was that song. No, I've had the time of my. I still remember it. I put my hands like on her on her waist, you know, to do the slow dance. But then that song deceived us, and then it turns fast. So then you like step back, and you're like, uh, what's up? You know, it was really awkward. Fortunately, I made it through the first song. I asked her to dance again. On the third dance, my little heart is palpitating, and I thought, this is the girl for me. So on dance number three, didn't know her last name yet. I asked her to be my girlfriend. I know. So I realized now this is my girlfriend I should probably get to know her and so I decided to grab her hand, walk her out of the dark gymnasium into the light to where the punch was and when I saw her in the light she didn't look anything like what she looked like in the dark. <laughs> I kind of freaked out and tried to get out of the relationship as fast as I could. I was a total failure. Here's what I want you to know, there's the reason why we get to know people in a group is so we're not in the dark. Anyone catch that? That was like a great, yeah, yeah, great analogy. Okay, here's what the Bible says. Above all else, this is Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard over your heart for everything flows out of it. The Bible also says that our hearts can be deceitful. And here's what I found. I found that our hearts can be like a little out of control puppy. Ha, 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 let me in, let me in, let me in. And you have to be like, no, puppy, stay down. (laughs) Stay in your place. Stop barking. Stop jumping on me. Like, that's what our hearts can be like. And so, one of the processes of having a godly relationship is learning to guard your heart and learning to guard someone else's heart. Steph, you want to take it from there?
1: Yes. So, what if you're maybe you're saying, Well, I don't have a group. Like, where's my group? And I want to say, if you have made All Peoples your church home, there is a group for you here in this place. And, and for those of you guys that say, man, I just, where are my friends? Like, I need friends here. And I just want to speak faith to you in your journey. There are friends for you in this place. I absolutely believe that if you are committing to this as your church home, God has friends for you in this place. And he has groups for you. And so I want to first say... Go to a life group. Please get involved in a life group. You hear us talking about this because we, we really see it as a next level of commitment. And when you go to a life group faithfully, it speaks of faithfulness in your life. That you are not afraid to be committed to something. This was very hard for me when I started walking with God at 18. The next step for me was to go to a life group and It exposed how wily I was. I didn't want to always show up at life group. Sometimes I thought there was something better to do on life group night, or I just didn't feel like going. And it really exposed a place of me where I was not committed. I wasn't being faithful. And God was showing me that so he could work faithfulness in my life. Ladies, you do not want to be pursued by someone that is not faithful. That's right. And has... Fear of commitment that doesn't want to commit to something. And so as you're um, going to life group, seeing people, make sure that you recognize whether this man that maybe you're taking interest in or is taking interest in you is faithful to life group. I think one of our tendencies as humans is in very hard seasons um, or when we want a break in life, we can tend to pull away from the people of God. It's a very opposite thing that, that Proverbs 3.3 3 admonishes us to do. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. We are to be faithful in every season. Okay, another practical. What if I don't have a group? Hey, jump in to serve in this place. Um, If you don't like um, the life group that you're at, go to a different one. Um, (laughs) I mean, you don't have to, like, keep hopping. Eventually, please find one, but try a different one. Come early to our events and help serve and get ready for uh, prayer nights. Um, Join the kids' ministry. We've got some great ladies in the kids' ministry, all right? Um, But get involved. Serve in this place so you get to know more people.
0: You know... Instead of just going, man, I'm not meeting anyone, You also be creative. Pull groups together. Get one group together with another. Go bowling. Go camping. But let's build groups because within groups, you understand someone's nature because you understand how they interact with other people. And it takes the pressure off of the romantic situation. and, And it also creates real life, right? Sometimes dating is not real life. Anyone can get all dolled up, dressed up, put their smell good on, get their hair all poofy, right? Go to a really nice restaurant. You see a romantic enough movie, man, I could fall in love with your grandma, right? But, but because the scenario was just perfect. But getting to know someone in real life actually lets you know their character actually lets you see how they interact with others. And so that's another thing we say about online dating. If you meet someone online, just make sure you get pull them into a group scenario so they're not putting on a show for you. So you actually know the real person. So here we go. We're moving on to stage two. We find in so- Song of Solomon two verse two, it says this, like a lily among thorns, this is the guy speaking now, like the lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. She said, I'm a lily in the valley, I'm a rose of Sharon. He goes, actually girl, when I look at you, you're not just a one lily among, uh, among others. When I look at you, you make all the other girls look like thorns. You make them look prickly. Like I see you girl, and my heart, wow, you, you, are, a, you are a lily among thorns. So this second stage is what we call special friends in a group <laughs> special friends in a group now, now why are we going slow the reason we're going slow is because we aren't committed yet we're, we're, we're trying to get to know the person and so this is this is what we're we're doing here we're trying to understand and, and, and so how do you become special friends in a group you have to use something called conversation. (laughs) No, I know, I know it's tricky in our day and age because somehow we're like reverting to cavemen. Like we don't even text words to each other. We draw like hieroglyphics. (laughs) You know, we're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then someone goes like, ooh, 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 ooh. And sends like just pictures back and forth. You know, you know. and No, you have to use words. So I wanna teach you how you use words. You see a woman in a group, guys, that you're interested in, you walk over and you say this. Hi. <laughs> wow! No, you, you, you open your mouth, right? You say, hi, I'm Robert. How are you doing? And look what I did. In my garage, we have a ping pong table, and in order to teach my kids how to play ping pong, I say, guys, you start with a nice and easy serve, and you go, ping. And then the other one goes, pong. And then the other one goes, ping. And, and this is how conversations go. And I know it's, this is painfully simple, but some of us haven't been taught how to have a conversation. So you say, hi, my name is Robert. How are you doing today? And she says, hi. use your oh. microphone.
1: Hi, my name is Stephanie. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing well. You see, she answered, but then she went pong and sent the ball back to me. So, we teach our kids no one word answers. You don't say, Hey, isn't it a beautiful day today? Yep. <laughs> like, where do I go from there? I have to keep serving balls, right? Okay, <laughs> hey, take one, right? <laughs> and we've all had those awkward conversations where we went up to someone, Hey, how are you doing? Fine. You're like, Oh, this is going to be a long day, <laughs> right? Or we serve them a ball and they say, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Like, this is the worst day ever. Like, I just, like, got in a car accident, and, like, my mom hadn't called me, and I lost my dog, and, and they just start going on and on and on and on, and you're like, oh, I'm totally overwhelmed. <laughs> like, I just asked you how you were doing, and they're, like, emotionally vomiting on you. Right? And you're like, oh! We've all been in those two types of conversations, right? And so what we want to do is just have a nice little volley back and forth getting to know each other, right, as we understand our thoughts, our emotions, and our feelings. And so we have to start with conversation. And and so this is what I wanna draw for you today to help you understand. As we're talking about a roadmap for dating, I wanna draw for you the gauges to watch in your life, in your dating process. So let me just draw them out for you. In a car, you don't just look at one gauge, your speedometer, because I wanna tell you, if your car overheats, your engine's gonna blow up. And I see far too many people blow up their lives in the area of dating. So here we go. There are different gauges. And the first one is commitment. Say commitment, church. So we don't start by taking the commitment all the way over here. We start just with a gradual commitment, which is we're just special friends. We're not even committed yet. We just are seeing each other and there's attraction. Your second one is time. Say time. Okay, you're only gonna spend the amount of time which is in congruence with your commitment. So when your commitment's very low, your time is very low. The next one is communication. Say Communication. So when you have no commitment, You're not up till three in the morning gushing out your heart on all the dreams you have for your life and your significant other. That's called oversharing. It's called (laughs) emotional vomit. We don't do that to people. And the last one is touch. Say touch. Touch. Don't do that. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Now, let's move on to Song of Solomon 2.0. And here we go is, uh, I think you actually used to talk here.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, men, I want to encourage you in the special friend stage to not take too long to, meet, to communicate to her that you want her to be a special friend. Um, because a lot of times, girls can have vain imagination and wonder what's going on. And when I say vain vain imagination is we can think things that may or may not be true, that may or may not lead to disappointment. And so please don't take forever uh, to communicate that um, what you were doing actually was something and you want to be Uh, special friends. In the same way, ladies, please don't cock your head too far um, when you're talking to a man and bat your eyes. If you have no interest in that man, you don't ever have to cock your head. But I'm just saying, if you have no like for that man, please do not give body language that says otherwise.
0: What she's saying is don't flirt with someone you don't like. That's selfish. don't flirt with
1: someone that you do like because that's selfish too. Okay. So after a year of going through... A discipleship training school together. So that's how uh, we became friends as we were in our training school together for a year. uh, We became very good friends. And at the end of that year, it was very clear that there was some chemistry between the two of us. So it was time either to start dating or to slowly back away. Well, thankfully, Robert was in a discipleship relationship with Jimmy, our pastor and he uh, advised Robert to slowly back away. Why? Because Robert was not sure that he wanted to date me. He still did not know. And so he was encouraged to back away and that is what happened. Slowly, um, I would not see Robert in the group hangouts and I I began to see him a lot less than I was. That was a very hard season for me because it was very clear that he was backing away. And so I realized that my hope was a little out of alignment. I realized I really had put some hope in marrying this man, thinking that I found the one and hoping that we would work out. Well, in that season, as I would spend time with God, I remember a lot of my time with God was uh, realigning the place of hope in my life. And I remember looking at scriptures about promises that God spoke in the scriptures, like, Uh, I will always be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I knew that if Robert chose someone else to be his his wife, that I had a promise that I could hope in and that God was going to be with me in that season and he would get me through. And so I was realigning my hope, directing it at the promises of God that I saw in the scriptures. Well, six months later, Robert came back around and we... We're at a staff Christmas party at church, and I remember sitting down that evening at my seat for dinner, and uh, all of a sudden I hear this activity right next to me. There was a lady that was sitting next to me, and Robert tapped on her shoulder and said, excuse me, could you take my seat down there? I'd like to sit here. And so sure enough, she moved, and he sat down, and I thought, all right, what is this man doing? He better deliver if he is sitting next to me at the party.
0: And I was ready to deliver. So, so here we go. Verse 3 says this, Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in the shade, and its fruit is sweet to my taste. And this woman is realizing, hey, this man is very sweet. And he is not just sweet. He doesn't just bring me sweet things, which don't date a jerk, ladies. Write that down in your notes. She says, I want to sit in the shade. He was covering of her. And so she realizes that this man is a safe place. Me. And so she starts to like him. And as the, the two start liking each other, then it's time to make a decision. Do I like her enough to date her? Guys, if you don't, then stop paying her special attention. You're just drawing her heart out. I see guys do this just because they want the attention. But you end up breaking people's hearts. So you either back away, or you move forward, but you don't just stay in a neutral place. I, I hate it when I, I'm out in the city and I meet a couple out and I'm like, oh, hey, how are you doing? How long have you been dating? And the guy's like, oh, we're not, we're not dating. And you see the girl like, oh, you see her sink. And you're like, what are you doing out on a date, bro? You, you Don't take someone on a date if you're not dating them. Right? So, so here's, here's the next verse. Okay? The next verse is this, Song of Solomon 2.4 he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me is love. So I went and I prayed about it and I felt a peace about asking out stuff. I actually talked to to my mentor, I talked to some of my close friends, I said, what do you think about this? And so then I realized, well then I need to go and initiate with her, I need to have a DTR. Anyone heard that word, DTR? This is very important, it means define the relationship. Men, don't just leave a woman out in a nebulous cloud, just wondering if you like her. No, you go to her and you express your intentions. And so I went to Steph and I said, Steph, I like you and I think you're beautiful and I've enjoyed our time together and I would like to spend more time with you and I'd like to take you out on a date. Men, he says he brought me to the banqueting house. Take her somewhere. Don't just hang out in the, in the room playing PlayStation. Like, that, that's what you do with your buddies. Like if you, want, if you want to start a relationship, then take her somewhere. And it doesn't have to be a $200 date. I mean, pack a picnic and go to Balboa Park, but take her somewhere. And let her know the reason is because you have romantic interest in her. Now, I'm not saying tell her you love her. I didn't say that. I said, hey, I, I, I like you. So look, this is what happened. We went to the next stage, which is stage three, which is dating. And now I tell her, our commitment's gone up because I actually want to date you. And so what did that do? I said, hey, that means I'd like to take you out on dates. And then I started communicating more with her. You don't just unveil your heart to everyone, but I started communicating more. Now, I wasn't talking about my future dreams and the woman I was dreaming of and just sliming her with the emotions of my heart. I held it. I was guarding my heart. I was guarding her heart, even more importantly. And then touch. What did touch look like? Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: You know, I so appreciated his clarity in this stage. And I, um, I remember a week into uh, dating, we were driving in his car, and he called me honey. And so I lightly rebuked him. And I said, you call me honey. I don't really feel like that aligns with the stage that we're in, the stage that you clearly communicated. Um, And so maybe you could wait to call me honey. And I
0: I said, I'm sorry. You know, like, and not like, hey, I'm sorry. What's up, girl? No, I was was like, hey, I agree. Why? Because it takes two to do this thing right. And so I needed her on the same page as me. And so I appreciated that. Keep going.
1: Yeah, so when... I so appreciate that he lined out all these stages or these gauges for me with words. He didn't bring his whiteboard and draw them. Um, But he communicated with words. And so I knew when he called me honey, it was outside of what he had said. And I knew he wanted to honor those boundaries. And so I wanted to help him in the journey um, because I was thankful for his leadership.
0: So it's in the context of dating where you date, and we encourage people to date two, three, four months, just actually going on dates. You're not spending all your time together. You're not dropping all your friends. That stinks, especially for us if we're your friends. (laughs) You're just dating. So we're going out once a week, just getting to know each other slowly. And and, and as that develops, then look at what verse 5 says. Sustain me with raisins. Refresh me with apples, for I'm sick with love. This is actually, they're getting to know each other, and as he's seeing her and as she's seeing him, they're actually falling in love. Now, this isn't just lust. It's not just, uh, you know, they, they look hot. No, this is actually getting to know each other and they're feeling love. It's not just a crush because they've actually spent time together. And so this is developing. And then this is the time to make a decision. Are we going to take this further? You know, th- the reason we take it slow is because at any time there can be an, an off-ramp. And you haven't told them you love him. You haven't slept together, so you've become one. Because when you go too deep, you you rip someone's heart out. You've actually become physically one. That's why we don't sleep together outside of marriage. Hebrews 13 says the, the wedding bed should be kept pure. Right? So we don't overly give ourselves emotionally. We don't over give ourselves time. We don't give ourselves communication. We don't give ourselves physically. So here's the next stage. Stage four is going steady. Or becoming boyfriend-girlfriend. So you you actually are becoming much more committed. So I came to Steph and said, we've had a great time dating. I actually want to to become serious and actually become boyfriend-girlfriend. Is that something that you would like?
1: So I so appreciated that in every stage, he was praying, he was seeking counsel, And then he would come to me and he would communicate very clearly and communicate that we're going to a new stage and what all that entailed. And he wasn't saying, hey, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to see God if we should move on uh, to the next level. He wasn't telling me that part. But what he was telling me was the communication piece of, hey, I would like to move to the next level with you. And this is what that means. I so uh, appreciated the clarity.
0: So here's going steady. So going steady, here's the next stage. And what does that mean? It means these gauges are going up. So my, my, my commitment, I'm committed to you. You're the only girl in my life. We are going steady. Our time went up, right? Look at what this, the scripture says here in regards to, to time. It says that my, the, verse 8, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes. He's leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. Anytime he can, this guy's rushing to get to her. It's when you start going steady that you're actually trying to have your lives interweave and that you're saying, hey, I want to honor you with my time. You're not living together because you're not married yet, but you are trying to intentionally be together as much as possible. You love her so much, you always want to be with her. And then look at this. It says this in verse 6. I love this verse. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. Right, there's actually, we're committed, and so there's actually, might be a little physical touch in here, but then, before you get scared, look at verse 7. It says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the does of the field, that you do not stir up or awaken love until it desires, or until it pleases. And so, he's going, oh, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. And he's drawing her near, her, and she's like, whoa, no, no, not until we're married, buddy. Right, and that's what the scripture's saying. Okay, so there might be a little touch, but it's not sexual touch. You follow me? It's not lustful touch. It's not sensual touch, right? It's it's a loving and pure touch. And that's what's going on in the dating relationship.
1: Yeah, and ladies, I I think, um, you know, in this stage, I see a lot of times where, the lady actually wants more of the physical touch as a means of affirmation and value. And I want him to touch me. It puts, uh, She thinks it puts value on her when really it's doing the opposite. Um, but I want to encourage you um, when you're feeling that need to go to God and say, God, why am I feeling that? Why am I feeling that insecure place? And so therefore wanting more touch from the man.
0: Can can I just say this, ladies? Um, Just because a guy touches you doesn't mean he cares about you. A guy will often touch a woman just to satisfy his carnal, sensual desires. Actually, the guy who won't touch you probably cares about you more because he's wanting to honor you and your purity. Booyah. Okay,
1: go ahead. So, ladies, I want to encourage you to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for setting a boundary of purity, and I wanna encourage you in the journey. You're doing a great job of leading us in purity. They need to hear the encouragement in the journey.
0: There's three challenging components to the going steady time, because you're feeling those emotions, right? And you're saying, I'm sick with love, but three things happen. Verse nine says, my beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. This is the girl talking. She's like, my beloved, he's like a stud. Behold, there he stands, listen to his placement, behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. What does that mean? There's an appropriate distance between them. They haven't moved in with each other. They're not sleeping in the same bed. He's saying, I love her, but I know that there needs to be a healthy wall between us. I look at her, but I'm looking through the window. We're not having union Yeah, so there. part one, the, the first challenging component is the wanting but waiting season that happens in a dating relationship. The wanting but waiting. You want her. She wants him, but they're waiting. Number two, look at verse 10. It says this, my beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past. And the rain is over and gone. What is winter and what does rain symbolize in Scripture? It symbolizes trials and storms. It's in in the context of going steady, that there are actually trials that you go through. You're actually really getting to know each other. You're spending a lot of time together. It's not just dates anymore. And so you start having disagreements. You start seeing, wow, we do life differently. And... If you make it through those challenges, you know you're going to be stronger. I remember when Steph and I were really getting serious in our going steady, our boyfriend-girlfriend commitment time, we came to an impasse about a way we saw life. Now, it wasn't a biblical principle. It wasn't a value, but it was just how we did life was different. Can I get an amen from any men and women out there? (laughs) And so it was like an impasse. Like, are we going to make it through this? This really, really bugs me and really bugs you. And we actually thought, like, this might break us up. But we went to the Lord and said, let's take some time. Let's wait on God. Let's ask him to speak to us. And the crazy thing is we, we went apart, and God spoke the exact same thing to us and told us to keep going, that this wasn't the make or break of our relationship. And when we came back and showed each other that we were committed to each other, it made our relationship stronger than ever because we realized we cared more about each other than being right. I hope you've learned that, men. Right? In a fight, your goal is not to be right. If you win the fight, you've actually lost. Here's the last verse. It says this, The flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come. The the, the second component was... We're tried and tested in the season, but we come up stronger. The third component is the conflict brings deeper commitment. You go through a conflict, you go through the storms, you go through the challenges, but then the scripture says the flowers appear. After a storm comes new life. Right? We all hate the storms, but we love the new life that comes up after them, right? And now, get ready for the verse you've been waiting for all morning long. Here we go, verse 12b. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. Anyone ever heard a turtle dove just going crazy? They don't go crazy. A turtle dove is quiet. What is a turtle dove known for? It's known for mating for life. You don't hear a turtle dove, but their mate does. Right? (laughs) That. What he's saying is, we've gone through the trials, there's fresh life, and now, girl, I want you to be my dove, right? I'm ready, why, and what does that mean? I want to mate with you for life. I'm ready to be with you for life, and this is stage five. If you're taking notes, stage five is engagement. Stage five is engagement, it's when you've decided to commit to one another for life, and let me just talk to you about what we did before engagement because I've seen it help so many people and I've seen so many men and women of God in our context do this. We had a non-negotiable talk. So what's a non-negotiable talk? I realized I'm in love with this woman. I want to spend the rest of my life with her, but I understand that my first commitment is to the Lord and I have to fulfill his calling all my life first and foremost because I just want to tell you who you marry is the second most important decision of your life only behind if you give your life to Jesus Christ. Who you marry will make or break you. And so you gotta know that you know. And so I went to Steph and said, hey, it's clear our relationship is getting very serious. And before we go to the next step, I need to tell you some things that I know that God has called me to and see if you agree and you feel like you can walk with me through this. Number one, I'm called to follow the voice of God and to do what he says no matter what. No matter if I like it, no matter if you like it, no matter if your family or my family likes it, no matter if all the world around us doesn't like it, we've got to follow the voice of God. Can you agree to that? Number two is a little more specifically. I know I'm called to the nations of the world and we're gonna be going all over the world and that's gonna be very uncomfortable and that's gonna be dangerous at times. I've gotta know that you're up for that. And number three, I know I'm called to serve the poor and that's gonna have a dramatic impact on how we live our lives. I need to know that you're okay with that because these are three things I know I'm called to live out. And guys and girls, what are the things you know you're called to? It might be very different than mine but the reason you're on earth is to honor God. The reason you're on earth is to glorify him. And if you compromise that, you'll get to the end of your days and you will have a dismal ending. But we want to give our whole lives to Jesus, then you've got to nail that down on the forefront before you say, I do.
1: So in Ecclesiastes 8, 6, it says there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. And so in the proper time... Robert had this kind of conversation with me. He waited until it was an appropriate time. And so now it was my job to respond to this. And this isn't where you want to fake it to make it and say what sounds good to him. Oh, sure, honey, anything. Um, but you want to take this very serious and really think about that. And so I, um, I immediately could answer part of it. And I, I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely in, no matter what God speaks, I'm there, I'm, I'm there. Um, but I, I can't promise you that I'll always be happy or have a good attitude about it at first, but I'm committed to God dealing with my heart in the journey. And I said, but I also need just a little bit of time to think. And so the next, um, day I sought counsel as well. Um, and, um, came back to him the next day with a couple questions. And I just said, hey, Robert, I I have a couple questions for you in response to what you said last night. I said, first of all, are you sure that you're not called to be celibate? (laughs) Now, I said that because I said, you know, I know that you love to move fast in ministry and do the next thing. There There was very much an apostolic call on his life. And I said, so are you okay with having a wife and several children that could possibly slow you down in that journey.
0: And and I said no. But let me say this, we are not in any way denigrating the call to be celibate. Uh, Paul?
1: He said no on the celibate part.
0: Daniel yeah I didn't say no to her obviously uh, Paul Daniel Jesus so we absolutely value the gift of singleness in this church we celebrate that and we want to get behind the ones that feel that calling but you've got to understand your calling and I knew that that wasn't my call and so I answered her
1: yes so I so obviously we made it um, and I, I do want to say just one more thing to um, the ladies. In the journey as you're engaged and married for those of you guys that are more on the independent side of things we all bend towards independence or codependence and I want to encourage those of you that are in the more independent to have a healthy interdependent relationship with your spouse Um, it's it's right to continually grow in interdependence um, for those of you guys that are more codependent, it's right to loosen your grip over the years and release him.
0: All right, so let me just tell you three things I did for us to get engaged. Number one, I called her father. We want to begin our relationships with the foundation of honor, yeah. and I'm so glad I did because now he works at the same church as I do, <laughs> but, <laughs> but let me just say it this way. There's, there's many... Uh, people in the church that your parents aren't believers, I want to tell you, you never go wrong by starting with honor. And I've seen many dads actually drawn into the kingdom because a a young man went to him and honored him. I've seen moms be drawn into Jesus because of the way this young couple lived their life before the Lord. And it touched the whole family. So we start by going to the parents and asking for their permission, asking for their hand, for the daughter's hand in marriage. Secondly, going buy a ring, guys. Going buy a ring. And I'm not saying it has to be a four carat, 25,000 what, I'm not saying that. But I am saying this, save up a little and buy something nice to show the woman that she has value and that you're willing to sacrifice and even it's something that you know that she'd like and it shows, wow, he knows me. So put a ring on her finger. It also shows that there's commitment. And she can flaunt it off to all her friends, oh my gosh, look at that, you know, and they, oh. Uh, give her that privilege of celebrating your, your love relationship. Again, I'm not talking about godliness. I'm just talking about honor. Lastly, do it, do it in a special way, right? You know, like, don't, don't just, like, pass her a note or, you know, ask her in the, in the food line to marry you, right? Th- this is the biggest question this woman will ever get asked. Now, let me bring some balance, because I feel like with Instagram, everyone's trying to outdo each other. You don't have to be in a hot air balloon bungee jumping with a ring in your teeth over a shark tank. Like, (laughs) it's not who can be most creative, but just do something nice. So you make a memory that you can tell your children and you can tell your community forever. And and so for me and Steph, we, we went to Chicago where she was from, I got down on my knee, I held out a ring, I told her that I loved her, for the first time? Yeah. And, and why did I wait? The reason I waited is because I wanted to show her with my life. I wanted to back up with my life what my words were saying. So I told her I loved her when I was ready to give her my whole life. And a lot of people don't have the same value of love today because that word's been thrown around so much and it hasn't been backed by action. So we don't trust love anymore. But if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, love is not just an emotion or a feeling, it's an action. So I told her I loved her. And then for the first time I took her in my arms and I gave her a kiss. First time as a engaged couple. And we didn't just keep kissing from then. We kissed a couple times and then waited for the altar. And I know many couples, and I really respect them, that waited, wait for the altar. Why? Because you turn this dial up, you turn this touch dial up, and it eclipses all the other ones. And a lot of times you'll have a very immature relationship because you can't contain the physical passion in you. So we encourage couples to really tone this down and to not have obvious, absolutely no sexual touch in their relationship. So when you get to marriage, it is a clean bill. And I want to tell you, it's good that way. And I'll be telling you more and more about that in the upcoming days. And this Bible is going to tell you so much that you're going to be blushing by the time we're done with the series. <laughs> because sex and marriage is awesome. And, and, and so here we go. You want to say anything about that? Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Verse 14. This is how we'll end. It says this. Oh, my dove, in the cleft of the rock, oh, my dove, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Here's what I want you to know. Engagement's not the finish line. Engagement is the beginning, the beginning of this journey of mining out the gold and this gift that God has given you. It's the beginning of an adventure. And men, we can never stop pursuing our wives. And women, you can never stop romancing and savoring your mate. This is what God has created us for. God is a romantic God who wants to bless us with the fires of romance. And this is the beginning of a lifelong journey that I can tell you and actually promise you, if you will live it out His way and continually be conformed in His image, it just gets better and better. And that's why we're doing this series, and that's what I'm so excited for happening in your life. Why don't we stand up? Don't you love the Word of God? Isn't that great? He has such good things for us. We want to pray for you as we finish our service. Lord Jesus, we speak hope we speak life today. We thank you for the gift of romance. We thank you for the opportunity today. We f- celebrate marriage today. And Lord, we speak hope to broken hearts today. We speak life to hurting places today. Lord, we are believing that you have a wonderful plan. And I know all over this room, you're meeting people in so many different ways.
1: Steph, do you want to yeah. pray? And Father, thank you. Uh, God, for what you are going to do in this place. As you've initiated this series, we believe that there's so many more relationships that you desire to come out of this place. And so, Lord, would you stir that up in this place? I pray that you would open uh, the men's eyes to see ones that they are to pursue in that way. And Father, would you just prepare the hearts of the women in in this place? I I pray there would just be a, a tenderness and... Um, just a a growth that happens in our midst, in this area, in Jesus' name. And Lord,
0: we just thank you that we don't have to be perfect, that we're going to make mistakes, that we're going to stumble and fall, but your grace is sufficient for us in our time of need. So any perfection, any fear, we break that off of us in Jesus' name. And I pray that this would be a place where healthy relationships start, healthy dating takes place, and, and dating passes just free engagement, but goes into marriage, Lord. And we just want to celebrate this gift that you've given us. And leaders, come up right now. We want to pray for you today. Life Group leaders, different prayer team leaders, if you'd move to the front uh, very quickly, we want to pray for you. In another-